Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Hey guys, Perry here. Let's make some mayhem. Shoot and loot your way through a mayhem-fueled adventure in Borderlands 3. Blast through new worlds and enemies as one of four new playable vault hunters, each with deep skill trees, abilities, and customization. Play solo or with your friends to take on insane enemies, score loads of loot, and save the galaxy from a fanatical threat. Mayhem is available now on PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Pre-order now at Borderlands.com. Rated M for Mature. Napa Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to a Joaquin Phoenix heavy episode of Movie Talk. We're doing some Joker box office predictions. On top of that, Phoenix has a new movie that he's working on over at A24. And then we've also got an update on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Fede Alvarez is apparently producing a new installment of the iconic slasher series. Hello, hello, and welcome to your Friday edition of Collider Movie Talk. I'm your host, Perry Nemiroff, and I'm so excited to be joined by Mark Riley and Jeff Snyder today. But before we get to those conversations, we've got the call sheet for you, and we're kicking off today's call sheet with those early Joker box office predictions. The projections are in, and analysts are saying that this film could launch with an opening weekend total of $82 million when it hits theaters on October 4th, if that winds up happening. It's going to top Venom and hold the opening weekend record for October. We'll see if that happens soon enough. Next up, Joaquin Phoenix is set to star in an untitled A24 movie. Mike Mills, who's the director behind movies like The Thumbsucker, he did Beginners and also 20th Century Women. He's on board to write and direct this new film. We don't know anything about the plot thus far, but we are hearing that production is expected to begin in the fall. Next up, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
Massacre movie. This was an interesting surprise. According to Bloody Disgusting, they've got a new Texas Chainsaw movie in the works with Fede Alvarez, who of course directed the 2013 Evil Dead remake, attached as a producer. The outlet does stress, though, that this is not being developed as a directing vehicle for Alvarez. Moving on over to The Craft, The Craft reboot. We knew that Kaylee Spaney was on board for this Blumhouse reboot, but now we know the rest of the cast, the main cast in the mix, Gideon Adlon, Lovey Simone, and Zoe Luna round out the quartet of witches at the center of this story. We've got Zoe Lister-Jones writing and directing the new film, which also has the original film's director, Andrew Fleming, executive producing. Rounding out our call sheet today, we're teasing an upcoming segment of the show. We're going to review the movie The Platform. In a future dystopia, prisoners housed in a vertically stacked cells watch hungrily as food descends from above, feeding the upper tiers, but leaving those below ravenous and radicalized. Stay tuned for more on the platform from Jeff, Mark, and myself. Now we're rolling into a special video from Adam Chitwood. Check this out. I'm here right now with Collider.com Deputy Editor Adam Chitwood. So excited to be talking to you right now, Adam, because you got a bunch of great features on the site. Before we even get to your Bill Hader content, though, I want to know a little bit about that 100 Essential Movies list, because it sounds like it was a big challenge to put together. So how did you and the team come together to settle on these 100 films? I mean, it's been a months-long process. We know we have a bunch of young film fans as our readers, and what's a way to kind of direct them towards films that might help expand their horizons. So the idea of the list wasn't to be, you know, this is the best, these are the best movies ever made. It was to say, here are 100 movies that are all essentially entry points. So like, here's an example of a Hitchcock movie. Here's an example of a Coen's, Coen Brothers movie. And, you know, as much as I like No Country for Old Men, Fargo is probably a better example of their filmography as a whole. So we pick Fargo and put Fargo on there. If that super impressive list isn't enough lists for you, Adam also got another great list from his good friend, Bill Hader. So did this list of 100 essential films kind of pave the way to giving you the idea to do that with Bill Hader? Yeah, I mean, I've interviewed Bill a bunch of times. Uh, You know, we did episode-specific breakdowns for every episode of Barry this past season. And so when we were doing this list, I knew that he was a cinephile. So I reached out to him and said, you know, hey, we're doing this thing would you maybe want to do an interview with me and talk about kind of how you became uh, such a significant film fan growing up in Oklahoma, which is, you know, I also grew up in Oklahoma and it's not Hollywood. And so, you know, how does someone kind of grow their tastes and learn to become, uh, you know, um, uh, such an avid viewer of film like that? And he was eager to do the interview with me. And then and about like an hour later, he just sent me this massive list of movies. And he was like, hey, here are some movies that inspired me. And that was a couple months ago. And pretty much once a week, he would send me more titles to add to his list <laughs> that he forgot about. Uh, I think the final tallies up to like 224. Uh, so you can see on the website, you can see, you know, our interview where uh, he talks about uh, growing up, who introduced him to film, um, kind of how he started refining his tastes. Uh, you know, what he thinks makes a good film fan. Uh, he, he tells some kind of interesting stories and talks pretty eloquently about, uh, you know, how in 1999 he didn't like Fight Club or The Matrix and said people just wanted to murder him for it. Uh, and just kind of talked about, like, you know, sticking true to your own opinions and, and recognizing, you know, I, this is why I don't like this film or this is why I like this film and it's because I've seen these other films. It's not necessarily his favorite movies, although I think he likes them all. But he's, they, they all kind of inspired him to want to make something. If you're wondering why Bill Hader, you know, is into, uh, you know, the movies of Andre Vida, that that's kind of why he wants to be director. So. Before we let you go, can I put you on the spot and ask you, what is a movie that inspired you to write about film? I mean, all all the, the kind of major ones for people my age, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, uh, one that, that I was really taken by, that's a weird one, was actually The Fugitive. But I don't know, there was something about that movie that, that really struck me. And then, you know, obviously, as I got older, I started watching movies like Taxi Driver and The Godfather and seeing kind of uh, uh, not not necessarily experimental filmmaking, but what you can do with the media uh, to kind of push the boundaries of it beyond uh, something that's uh, fairly straightforward. 
Thank you so much for sharing that, Adam. And thanks for coming on Movie Talk briefly to highlight your articles. Definitely go on over to Collider.com, read Adam's pieces with Bill Hader, check out the 100 essential uh, movies list because that thing is just something else. And then on top of that, there is so much other content you guys should be reading and watching on Collider.com. Get on that. Adam, where can everyone find you on Twitter briefly? Uh, Adam Chickwood. Cool. Go check out Adam's work over there as well. Guys, back to the show. If you want to check out Adam's interview with Bill Hader, we've got a link for you in the description section of the video. So check it out right now. And we're going to roll into our panel. Hi. Hi. Jeff Good Snyder, morning. Mark Riley. I missed you guys. Good morning. What's Good up? morning. I, did, I didn't miss waking up this early. Yo, this is like that, the one and only time you've gotten yes. up this early. I feel like I was like supposed to go to LAX. Like I'm getting up early for a flight or something <laughs> oh, this morning. Hey, I'll well, give you my puppy. You can wake up early. No problem. <laughs> Hopefully you'll readjust. It's a shock I'm for awake. all of us. Yeah, we're awake and ready to go. And we're ready to talk about Joker box office right now Ooh. because early projections are in. We talk about this all the time. I know the early box office projections don't necessarily wind up being spot on accurate. But it is worth kicking off the conversation because it is a very big number for an October opening. The projections are saying $82 million, which would be the biggest October opening ever, topping Venom. So do you guys think that $82 million is where it's going to land or could it possibly go higher? Yeah, I think it's going to land there. I feel like it's, uh, it's, it's got the buzz. It's got the fandom of DC fans and, uh, it's got the performance by Joaquin Phoenix. I think this thing could, could be 83 million. I know you're looking at me right now, but this is, this is a, the, the, uh, yeah, one, one million more. Uh, I, cause I thought I read it was 83 at one point, but I think this is one of those movies that is, is capturing such an immense, uh, amount of buzz that people are going to want to see this thing opening weekend. And and decide for themselves if this thing is going to connect to the DC universe. Now it's not. I, it's, it's not going to. Todd Phillips has said it over and over and over again. But I think the DC fans want to see this thing. I'm going to be there opening night. I can't wait to see it. So, yes. I will also take the over. Uh, I'll go a little bit higher than Riley. The first time that we saw Joker on the big screen was 89. And that is going to be my number, eighty-nine million. Whoa! Don't be shocked if there's a nine in in uh, in front. If the you know if it somehow gets to ninety, I like car- that. I mean, uh, Justice League opened to ninety-three point eight. It would be crazy if Joker somehow out yes. did that on like a quarter of the budget or whatever. Um, I'd love to see that. That's kind of what I'm rooting for yeah. because you know with everything they put into building this connected universe and with what happened with that series of films, wouldn't it be really exciting if taking a major creative swing for less money wound up putting them on a better path financially people want to see great stories that's why people have been going to the movies since day one and 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 it's not for like huge effects or the kind of stuff that we saw in batman vs superman or justice league like this just seems like todd phillips really has a great take on the character Mm -hmm. it's character driven the reviews i think are going to power this to this monster opening weekend yeah It's also a major conversation starter. I think people want to see great movies and people I I actually genuinely think even though streaming services are taking over and we could easily watch stuff at home. I feel like the conversation that opening weekend for this, I I think it's going to spark a conversation that people are going to be so desperate to be a part of that it's going to create this urgency to see it. And I also think this is the type of movie that could send people out the door needing to see it again. So between that and some of the Oscar buzz, I also think that this is going to have a very solid run through October. Do you guys think that, I don't know if I want to use the word controversial, like the divisive nature of what this movie could wind up being, do you think that that's going to propel it through October or maybe lead to a big weekend to drop? Oh, God. I, I think it can only help. I think like this movie is already making waves in, in divisiveness without people seeing it. I think pe- that that word of mouth if you're a fan of DC, if you're a fan of the character, hell, if you're a fan of Joaquin Phoenix and you want to know what people are talking about, they're going to go see it. Opening weekend is going to be big numbers, and then people are going to come out of that and say, oh, my God, this, or oh, my God, that. And I think that's going to lead to people going, well, okay, all right, I'm going to make up my mind on this one. I think you'll, you'll be able to get older audiences to see this Joker movie. Like, you know, in the past, they may have written off a comic book movie, but this has a very Scorsese kind of feel. It's got Robert De Niro in it. Yep. I think, like, my dad would probably take a shot on this kind of thing. And then there's going to be people who are like, listen, I don't want to go see a Joker movie. 
movie where there's no Batman, and, and I'm, I'm jokered out after Suicide Squad and Jared Leto. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wait until it goes to digital or something. Well, you know, I, I think it's going to be huge. I think that the controversy will help it mm-hmm. in that second weekend, yeah. though, as word of mouth spreads. And how seriously are you taking the award season buzz right now? Because, of course, it won the big award at Venice, and then some mixed reviews started to creep in at TIFF. So where do you think it stands right now? I mean, I th- until I see it, I can't say. Um, it sounds like Joaquin is definitely going to be there for Best Actor. I don't know if he'll win or. Um, be, I just I, I would find it odd if they would give it to someone else for playing the Joker so soon after giving Heath one. Um, but it's all about who he's up against. Uh, you yeah. know, I have to see Adam Driver in Marriage Story or what De Niro pulls off in Irishman. As for Best Picture. That may be a little bit uh, tougher hill to climb, but, um, you know, it's it's possible. Yeah, I buy it. Yeah, Yeah. I I buy it, too. I think we're past the the whole comic book stigma with uh, Oscars now. We've had Black Panther being nominated. We had Logan as uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. We had Heath Ledger win uh, uh, the Supporting uh, Actor Oscar. So I, I think that if people see this thing and push a box office that's big, that can only help, too. I think that the Academy absolutely looks at this stuff. But Joaquin Phoenix, I feel like, is kind of a lock. But that's just from what I'm hearing, so I got to see it as well. But I think this thing has a lot, as good a chance as anything. Mm -hmm. If people are talking about this thing, divisive or not, if people are talking about this thing and it it has some legs, I think we'll see this thing nominated. Maybe Best Picture, but I I think it's a lock for Joaquin Phoenix. If it is not a lock, I'll be very, very upset because even though I didn't walk out of the movie saying 10 out of 10, it's like a masterpiece. His performance is something that I have never, ever seen before. And if that is not honored, I will be very, very disappointed. I just think with the best picture race, I was trying to narrow down my gold derby list recently. And there is quite a bit in there that I think is a real shot. And with Jojo Rabbit winning the award at TIFF, that moved up in my list. wide open this year. I'm thinking, though, with this as far as best picture goes, it's like we were talking about how the controversy will help it at the box office. I do think it's going to Split Academy voters where some people do not appreciate walking out feeling that doom and gloom vibe, whereas others are kind of fascinated by it. And, you know, both opinions are totally valid, but I think that might split the votes as far as best picture goes for this one. Don't, don't forget about best adapted screenplay, too. Yes. Yeah. That could be a real possibility. Um, Just to briefly weigh in on this weekend at the box office, because for late in September, we have a pretty big one. We've got three new wide releases, Rambo, Downton Abbey, and then also Ad Astra hitting theaters this week. We did some light predictions yesterday, but now the Thursday night numbers are in. Where do you guys stand on those three? Who is topping the charts this time around? Well, I mean, if I'm looking at the Thursday night previews, look, Downton Abbey. Yes. <laughs> look at that. 2.1 million against uh, 1.5 for Ad Astra and 1.3 for Rambo. So Ad Astra and Rambo look like they're going neck and neck. Um, Downton Abbey, that's great. I, I think it could be, just based on this, I'll take Downton Abbey uh, taking the number one at the box office this weekend. I can't entirely explain what's driving this feeling, but Jeff, I want you to see Downton Abbey. There's no I just, chance. I want you to just. I Here's want my, you to just give it a shot. No. Here's my question, though. Do you ha- you have to know yeah. the series no. backwards and forwards? No, because right? I am I am not a series fan. In fact, I set like a hard no to the series for so many years. And just because the movie was coming out and I had to cover it, I was going to dabble in season one, where I was going to watch just a teeny tiny bit of it to catch up on the names. Wound up blowing through season one and then jumping straight from that into the movie. And loved it. Okay, because I've seen season one. I have I, seen I it, but I fell off. I think you are going to be totally fine. And also, like, I hear they are playing a recap before the movie. I don't know if it was just during the special screenings, though, and not necessarily for the wide release. But, I re- Jeff, I really think that I want you to, to accept this challenge. I dare you to go see Downton Abbey and not walk out with a smile on your face. You can do it, Snyder. I, I, we I believe know. in you. That, that, that may be a bridge too far for me to cross. I'm sorry. I have, One day. I just have no interest in this I feel in this like movie. I need to make some sort of bet is with Dan you. And when Stevens I win. It? Is Dan Stevens in it? Or is this a spoiler? <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't. I'm not going to comment right. on stuff. He's he's on the IMDb page. Uh, okay. okay. Well, if 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 I make oh, it to oh, the I'm movies. about, never mind. If never I mind. make it to the movies this weekend, <laughs> it's not going to be for Downton Abbey. Yeah. It's not going to be for Ad Astra. 
It's going to be for Rambo. That's yeah. right. I need yeah. to see Rambo. Come on. Last oh, blood. Yeah. Okay. I, miss, I miss the press screening, so I want to see that. That's my Man, number one. Th- this is very tough. This, I don't know what is going to win. Part of me kind of almost wants to put my money on It Chapter 2, uh, taking yeah. down all the newcomers. Yeah. Um, but if there's one that is most likely to break $20 million, I have to say I think it is Rambo. I think that Stallone could put on a little bit of a comeback this weekend. Um, Downton Abbey, I don't see that cracking. 20 million do you I have it at 24 wow okay yeah I, I have it Oof. running away with it especially running if they're away with the number especially one especially if okay. the reports are true about all the early ticket sales and for the record I was just but, confusing Matthew Good and Dan Stevens oh, okay, okay. which I feel like is a very uh, <laughs> easy, easy mistake, mistake yeah. to make um, I, I, I don't know Ad Astra's got Brad Pitt it's got the, the, the big budget spectacle to it I, it's, it's a toss up I thought it might have been Ad Astra until I had seen it. And then I realized, because in my mind, I was positioning it as this year's The Martian. But it isn't necessarily like a crowd pleaser quite like that movie was. This this is like the smart sci-fi movie that that under-delivers, like, you know, an Annihilation or whatever. Which I think could narrow the viewership just a little bit. All right, wait. So you're saying Rambo. We're saying Downton Abbey. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Downton Abbey. Yeah. All right, now that that's settled, let's move on to story number two. I'm so excited to talk about this. I was really happy, actually, to see that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series is getting another installment, which surprised me that I was excited about it, because I think they've had some some recent misses that weren't just misses, but My like, God. I mean, colossal failures for this franchise. But the fact that Fede Alvarez's name is attached in any capacity excites me. So you guys hear this news, and what is the first thing that crosses your mind, excitement or trepidation a little bit of both it's it's like kind of in the middle there uh texas chainsaw the original is still in my top five all-time horror Mm -hmm. movies when you tell me we're doing that thing again which i got behind it with halloween and enjoyed the hell out of it um because of it I, i like this if you told me fetty alvarez was directing i would be more excited i would be 100 behind this until i hear the filmmaker that's going to handle this until I get a little bit more information on how they're going to do it. How, like, are we going to be what it came out in 72? So we're going to be what, you know, 45, seven years later and Leatherface is still wandering around and it picks up there. Or are we picking up in the seventies? Like right when the movie ends, where are we landing in the, in the mythology here? As described by Bloody Disgusting, the source for this story, they write, plans aren't set in stone. We're hearing that the hope is to make a direct sequel to Hooper's 74 film, similar to what Blumhouse and Universal have done with Halloween. So I'm going to take the same track as as Riley and do the little bit of both, uh, excitement and trepidation. So are you guys aware of what his last film was? Yeah, the girl in the spider web. Yeah, that was garbage. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was real bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah. like Fede Alvarez, like you know, a year or two ago, this announcement would have made me super excited, and now it gives me pause after he kind of botched that movie. So that movie didn't pan out, but he still has "Don't Breathe" I love and Don't "Evil, breathe. evil Don't breathe Dead" to his name, and I feel like those exist in one area, and the uh, the girl in the spider's web was just like a completely different kind of thing to tackle. It was, yeah, it was just the wrong call for him. Maybe. I mean, listen, it's like I said, it's a little bit of both. It's not like, oh, I don't want him to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say I, I am excited as I might have been at this time last year. I think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is very played out. Yeah. I do not think that it is anything near what Halloween is. Like, you know, if Halloween opened to $76 million, the best-case scenario for a Texas Chainsaw movie has to be like 25 like a third of that. I, I cannot see a oh, Texas Chainsaw no. movie opening to more than twenty five million. I don't. No I don't agree, and I think part of the reason, and you know, I I don't agree if the marketing is strong and if the movie is actually good because I immediately think about it. And yes, Pennywise was big, but I don't think that craze really started until that first teaser trailer hit, and it just it caught so many eyes and it blew up online. I feel like if they have a good movie and that first teaser trailer has that similar sensation and effect to it. I think it could pave the way to a huge I'll, opening. I'll eat my words immediately because apparently the 2003 movie with Jessica Biel did open to 28 million. I quite okay? like that movie too. But the point is that. You're talking I, about the remake. I think that. I like the remake and the yeah, beginnings. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the beginnings. I, I actually really enjoyed the remake. I thought the remake was great. The Jessica Biel one, right? Is it? Yeah, is it? Yeah, Jessica yeah. Biel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That one opened to 28. Okay, so I, I, I am surprised. Jessica but like, Biel was the remake, and Jordana Brewster was the prequel. Prequel right? to the remake. Yes. It's, it topped Don't out. Don't worry, at, we figured it out, everybody. It's only Friday morning. <laughs> right. It topped out at 80, though, that, that movie, which is like a kind of best-case scenario, I think, right? That Marcus yeah. Isbell, Jessica Biel one? No? I mean, yeah. I mean, Halloween it, grows twice as much as that. Halloween had, I think, Blumhouse had had Jamie Lee Curtis coming back had the you know David Gordon Green Danny McBride this they, they, there was something magical about that announcement and this franchise doesn't have that Jamie Lee Curtis though don't you think that's exactly. an issue yeah I d- absolutely do think it's an issue and I think that that's where we're missing like I know that uh, it's it's Marilyn Burns right I know she passed yes. so it's it's you know, we, we, we're not going to be able to revisit that character so we're going to have to either cast somebody a, a name and create a mythology around that, or is it just Leatherface? Is it going to be the iconic Leatherface that's going to get people in there? I'm with Snyder. I think I think 28 to 30 could be what this is. But who's going to direct this? That's the that's Good the question. big question. Because if we get a a, a great director that comes in. Uh, What's the platform director doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm like, <laughs> I knew you were doing that. Well, we'll get to that later. Well, but because I'm serious about that. That's that is the route that I think they should go. Yeah. It's it's like I'm thinking of a whole bunch of you know semi under the radar movies that I've seen recently. We've got now the platform, which we're going to discuss later in the show. I'm thinking of Tigers Are Not Not Afraid, the director right. of that. He There's just that uh, who directed Manos, the director of that. There's just certain individuals out there that I think have delivered films that have given you kind of like the ground level perspective of a really troubling story and that's what another Texas Chainsaw movie needs to capture I would say that they need an American filmmaker okay this is a movie about Texas okay I want an American filmmaker not an international one okay sorry I mean listen I advocate for international filmmakers all the time um but here's the thing about this franchise and why I don't think it'll be as big as a Halloween or as an it. Because those franchises, there's an element of fun. And I don't know that there's an element of fun to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Have movies. Have you seen They're, the second movie? Like, it is just, yeah, yeah I mean, that's fair. Like, it, there's definitely some odd tones within well, it, the franchise. But it's a chainsaw. It's gory. It's mean. It's nasty. But it's that's dark. the point. That's the point. What Texas Chainsaw are we going to get? Are we going to get the... Brutal in your face, looks real, looks like we're watching a snuff film, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or part two, where they're eating chili in in a freaking DJ booth and like Leatherface comes bursting in through the wall just doing this thing, so... What are we going to get? I know there's a lot of love for that second movie. It wasn't really for me, yeah. especially given the fact that it's that brutality and how vicious that first movie is and how well they maintain it, too. It, like, it does not matter how many times I've seen Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It still freaks me out to this day. Yeah. I want to see them capture that again. And That's really, what I want. The remake and the beginnings had that same quality, which is why I think I'm drawn to them, whereas you know, I'm thinking about two, the Renee Zellweger one. It's like... Matthew McConaughey. I don't so quite weird. get that there yeah remember Did that you see the most recent one <clears throat> no leatherface yeah yeah that, i mean that was an interesting tact to take at least oh you know i missed breaking, that yeah. yeah breaking out of an, an, an asylum and then you have to guess like which one of these three patients becomes leatherface all right that's that's an that's another thing though what is the timeline like no, what all, are we talking he's all over the place it is all over the place whereas halloween i know was all over the place too because we hit that you know, part five, and he's part of a cult, and then, you know, they just got rid of Then it was H2O, and Jamie LaCurse was back, and what's going on? And then the remake, and okay, yada, yada, yada. But this is like, it really is confusing. So I, I, I understand thinking, let's just go direct sequel to the original 1974. That makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Then it comes to your point, Perry. Marketing, trailer, what are we going to see? Who's starring in it? And is this it? it where is this? Where is the... Um, the studio is not a Blumhouse. Legendary. Legendary. So, which doesn't have a great track record. No, with horror. No, it doesn't. Does it have any track record? Yeah. Because when like, you hear Blumhouse, you go, "What?" Because yeah. you know you're getting something very cool for horror fans. You know they take care of their their filmmakers. They take care of the properties, all that. So this, it's like, you got Fetty Alvarez. Okay, give me more. That's it. Yeah, I need. I definitely need to know the director at this point. But I think the retcon thing is a genius move. And really, with any of the iconic slashers, I feel like if you make a good movie and you market it the right way, it's so like 
the look of those characters is so easy to like make that, you know, the light bulb turn on in someone's head and get them super into it. So I think it's a really easy sell as long as they come up with something that's better than, let's say, the one that starred Alexander Daddario, which was just. <gasps> oh, where she trips. That I, I that watched, part where she trips. I watched that when, I'm, like, when I am how? sad, I cue up that clip just for a good laugh. She doesn't trip once. She trips twice for no freaking reason. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that clip mm, it's absolutely no, glorious so. it's, it's she she runs out of the house leatherface isn't behind her in that exact moment she falls down the stairs and then she runs into a graveyard to hide and she trips graveyard. over a fence graveyard. she trips over a fence that's this high yeah this this high hey it happens <laughs> it, it does when especially when you have a texas chainsaw oh. maniac behind you so sure. yeah you're yeah. giving it. You're giving it too you much, no, too yeah, much you're, leeway you're, there. Well, do you like the original? You like yeah, it. No, yeah, no, I really like the yeah, original yeah. Uh, Texas Chainsaw. But yeah, I mean, the rest of the movies don't really mean no, anything. There, to me. There's there's not a single movie in the Texas Chainsaw franchise except the the remake that I enjoy, that I did enjoy. That's worth a, a damn. I seriously, the, every single one of them. It, they're pretty. I, I I couldn't get behind most of them. So. Well, that's, that's why I need a good filmmaker behind this. Fingers crossed this evolves in a way that gives us some hope that it'll put uh, Texas Chainsaw back in the spotlight the way that it started. All right. Before we move on to story number three, which is our review of the platform, I got to remind you, we are taking our live chat questions. So start sending them in right now. Get creative. It's Friday. Let's have fun. And then on top of that, you have so much content coming your way on the Collider Video YouTube channel. Like all this stuff. Hey everyone, John Roca here, the host of Collider Mailbag. New episode drops every Saturday and Sunday in your face and in your ears, answering the questions from you fans about the world of entertainment, film, and television. Me and great guests from our sphere do the best to answer your questions from Twitter, from Instagram, and of course, email as well, every Saturday and Sunday. Hey guys, Riley here, and let me tell you about Rule of Two. You looking for a Star Wars fix? Well, Rule of Two is that show. It drops on Collider Video's main YouTube channel, as well as on Podcast One's Jedi Council feed. So go over there, subscribe, share it with your friends. It's hosted by myself and Mark Fernandez. We talk everything in the Star Wars universe with a lot of deep dives and a lot of conversations that go all in. You know what to do. Subscribe, join us there, and rise. All right, it is time. We are going to review the movie The Platform, which won the People's Choice Midnight Madness Award at TIFF. And for good reason, this is phenomenal. What did you guys think? Oh, God. I loved it. <laughs> this is my favorite movie of the year so far. Are you serious? I am wow. Dead serious. This I haven't felt this way about a movie in a in a long time where you you are so floored. By not only the concept, the way it's shot, the acting, the acting across the board mm -hmm. in this is amazing. The music is phenomenal. This thing, when, when I'm that surprised on something, yeah, I'm putting it at my favorite because of the, the enjoyment I received from it. The, the, like, the on my, I was on the edges of my seat. I wish I was in a theater for this because I was on the edge of my seat on my couch. There were moments in this thing where I went, oh, like I just... <laughs> adore this movie and the concept is brilliant yeah should we tell them what, what it's about yeah i know yes, i'm just please. i'm go just rage i'm just so raving go for like it like this like a tower like this vertical prison of sorts yeah and the people on the top there's like a platform and it's full of food this table full of food and it goes to level one first and they can eat whatever they want and then after two or three minutes the platform goes down to level and two. they can't hold and, on to anything right and you can't hold on to any food so then level two eats and it keeps going down and down and down and by level 50 or 60 this table is cleared. It's yeah, like out of no food. food. So people are just picking over leftovers and scraps and there's bugs in some of the food and it, you know there's like 200 something levels or something. Yep. And it was just it, it, it was so impressive like the, the mastery, the control um, I love the, the performances this movie is directed by Galder Gastelu Urushia. Uh, definitely Nicely said. Yeah, yeah. like keep an eye uh, on, on that filmmaker. Yep. They just really impressed me with this. Uh, Stephanie came over with like, my girlfriend came into my apartment with like 20 minutes left and I was like, go take a shower or something. Like, I could not tear myself away from it. I thought it was pretty close to a masterpiece. And yep. uh, yeah, it's going to be coming to Netflix soon. This is one of the most incredible things I've seen. I just, I can't get over the concept of this and how smart it is and how by using a concept that is so insanely riveting, not only do they walk away with uh, a super entertaining experience, but also an experience that speaks to just 
humanity and the world we have created for ourselves and the fight for food and resources and just whether or not, you know, we value our own ethics and pillars or are going to succumb to the need to survive and fight and hurt other people to get what we want. It's my head was spinning the entire time. There is one beat in this that I didn't look. Some of you might know for what reasons, but otherwise I could not peel my eyes off of the screen. The performances are something else. And so much of this movie, because it is a very horrific scenario. Obviously, there's blood and violence in it, but so much of it is so riveting just through one-on-one conversations, mm-hmm. too. In particular, the beginning of the movie when he's paired paired with, um, I, the name is escaping me, the older gentleman. Uh, beginning who's with my a, favorite. Beginning yeah, with a T. I, really, I just want to walk around and wait for someone to talk so I could be like, obviously. 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 <laughs> obviously. This, this thing was something else, and I was incredibly thrilled to hear that it was picked up by Netflix. I believe they got the worldwide rights to this minus select Asian territories. So I'm just curious to see when they unveil this thing. I'm kind of hoping it's sooner rather than later so we can keep talking about it. Yeah, I think that's it's one of those movies that people, if they see it and 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 don't shy away from the fact that it is foreign and that you will read subtitles. This is like. You are on the edge of your seat, like you're saying, reading this, going, my God, what are we getting? The way he layers in information on each scene mm-hmm. and, and introduces new mm-hmm. characters and new, I don't know, stakes. It, it just, God, it, it's a beautiful film. It, it reminded me when uh, on Nightmares when we watched Train to Busan, where it's like one of those oh, surprising wow. out of left field. Mm-hmm. You're like, whoa, it's like. Reminding you again that it's like, look outside the United States. There are filmmakers that are just going to floor you. It's got some similar structural qualities, too. Absolutely, yes. I immediately thought of that. It reminded me of Cube. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And some of the conversations between the the protagonist and, and the older gentleman who becomes a cellmate. Um, reminded me of like the conversations that Matt Dillon and Bruno Gans were having in the house that Jack built that mm. they weren't quite as successful like those philosophical <laughs> debates um, but yeah I, the performances in this were, were great it's the, the guy's name the older gentleman is Zorian Eglio I messed yeah. this up yeah. Eglior Eglior uh, yeah and he, he's, he, he he plays like an older Hannibal Lecter yeah he, he, he does. He, he oh, can, wow. I love that comparison. It's yeah. on point. It's really on point, And you can, yeah, well, we won't get yeah, into you it gotta because see so you yeah. got to see it. Just I don't, yeah. don't want to spoil anything, obviously, but I do want to know while you guys were watching this, because this is one of my favorite qualities in a movie, as sick and twisted as it may be in some instances. But I love when a movie sucks me into a point that I'm like, well, what would I do in that situation? How might I behave? So what do you grab it on that table of food first? And... What, what's your tactic in this scenario? I'm really scared to hear Jeff's answer. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, um, God. I, yeah. I would probably, honestly, I'd probably be one of the people who, who jumps to their death. Do you? Whoa. Yeah. Are you kidding? That is dark. Yeah. That Sorry. is dark. <laughs> whoa, we went there on a Friday. I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the, you either eat or you starve or you kill yourself. That's what this movie or is, you, right? Or you kill other people. Sure. Well, you, or, no. or you try to escape. Instead, I think I'd take myself out. I don't think I would ever be able to distance myself from the fact that there is a chance I could survive and will have to live with what I did in this facility. So even if it meant not eating and withering away, that's probably where I would end up. How lucky are you feeling, Perry? Uh, I mean, it's all all luck. I mean, that that is just such a disturbing scenario. Right, it's that's like, what we didn't tell people, by the way. Okay, yeah. so after every month, they change your level. Yeah. So you, you could eat one month, and then the next month, you could not eat, but if you get two months in a row where you're not but eating, that, that's a bleak situation. And that's like the obsessively twisted thing that I yeah. can't really get out of my head, because as much as, like, you could you could be just like the noble hero in this scenario and do what you can to like leave food for other people but like what if you were on a rock bottom level and then you woke up and you realized you were close to the top I just totally understand that idea of seeing all this stuff at your fingertips and not being able to control yourself yeah, it's well, so upsetting oh, okay so what, what would be your favorite food that you would put on it Riley that's what I want to know oh yeah oh favorite oh, food wait wait favorite food and what item are you bringing in yeah because that's the other oh, thing that we didn't mention yeah. you can bring one item to your platform, to your level. So, uh, yeah, what would you bring, and what would you eat? I would, I would hope that In and Out Burger's on there because it's it's something to grab. I could grab a double double and just mow that thing down and uh, feel great for for days. 
Um, I would put McDonald's French fries okay. on the platform. Yeah. And what would I bring? Oh, yeah. man. See, here, I, uh, here's... I bring salt. <laughs> salt? <laughs> well, like, you know, could I bring, like, a Costco-sized box of some food? Is that... Right. Is like that... a jar of peanut butter, like on Survivor. Well, actually, that would probably be my food choice to have on the table in some right. capacity, is peanut butter <laughs> also, because, like, peanut butter is something that kind of keeps you full for a while. Sure. Yeah, coats Protein. your stomach. Protein. Protein. Or pizza. One or the other. It, it's tough. I mean, I, I'm the guy that will walk in bringing the book because it's like oh i need i need to kill some time but then i realize what this movie's about i ain't bringing no book if i if i can help it i'm i am bringing more of like a weapon Uh, Uh like knowing what i know right now and that's a little bit of a revealing some plot but i i think that it's like can i bring a lightsaber can i bring a lightsaber that's all i need all right guys that right there is our review of the platform keep an eye out for it on netflix hopefully you'll be able to see it soon all right let's roll into these live chat questions which i have not looked at at all so we're just gonna take our chances with these today do it all right Let's go with Devin Lott. It's my birthday today. Happy birthday, Devin. And I must ask, what is your favorite birthday movie to watch? Mine is Star Wars A New Hope. What is your birthday movie? Birthday movie? A a movie to watch on your birthday. Not a a movie about birthdays. I mean, you can go for one or the other. Whatever comes to mind first. Does it make you feel happy on your birthday? (laughs) I was like, 16 Candles is a great birthday movie. That's a great call, too. I like that. That's what I watch on my birthday. What's yours, Riley? I'm going to go Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark is just a perfect movie. It's a, it's, it's so, uh, it's just so fun to watch. So you want to put on some Raiders of the Lost Ark to celebrate your birthday because you get the catchy tune. You get Harrison Ford at his best. You get Karen Allen just rocking it. Belloc, come on. This is a great movie. So that's my pick. Um, I'm going to go with The Rock. The Rock, not mad. I feel like That's I could fun. never get seventy to like watch that, but if it was my birthday, I, I'd take Aww. advantage of the situation. Yeah. My uh, birthday tradition is every single year I go out with my whole family to the movies, but I get to make the choice. So this nice. year, my birthday movie is going to be Frozen too. Oh, yeah. Wow, For a very nice. long time, it was the Hunger Games franchise, but then that came and went, and this year it's going to be Frozen 2. Very nice. They all were not thrilled with me when, I believe one year it was Anna Karenina, and oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I once brought all they my friends. They wholeheartedly celebrate that year. Yeah, my birthday movie one year, it was a couple weeks early, I think. Uh, sorry, everybody, back then, Godzilla. <laughs> it oh, was 90, Godzilla, right. not oh, 2014. Right, 96. 96. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yikes! You don't mm-hmm. like that, Perry, do you? That movie is whoa. it's not. It's not a good movie, but no. given the age I was when it oh, came yeah, out, yeah, yeah. It, like that was kind of right up my alley. At that, that point, I was that I was going to have fun she with it no matter soundtrack. what. Yeah. It had All its right. Moments. Let's get here. Oh, I like this one. Thelonious said, "What about Ari Aster for Texas Chainsaw?" <gasps> I kind of love That's that. Pretty good. Yeah, if you're talking about a filmmaker who beautifully and successfully makes some nasty stories, there's the guy. Yeah, wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I I would take that. Mm -hmm. I would take that in a heartbeat. He, but, but at the same point, not getting a uh, hereditary, an original, a midsummer original, and he goes into well, that's fine. I would want to see his version. Yeah. All right. Here's another question from Joshua Philip Hinrich, who says, what is a movie that you regretted not watching sooner? And then Dorian has chimed in. His pick is King of Comedy. King of Comedy. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> a movie that I... That, that you wish you had watched sooner. You know, I, I don't know why the, the witch jumped oh. into my head because I didn't see it in theaters. I had to watch it. Uh, I missed it. Um, and I love that movie. And I wish I was in the theater for it because I watched it at home and had to had to occasionally pause it to to talk to Julie. My fiance was like, what did he say? <laughs> and I was like, all right, I think this is what he said because it was such thick accents. A movie I wish I had seen. Man, that's I've tough. got one because yeah, I, yeah. I finally I <laughs> finally watched Long Shot on a flight recently, and I was sad to have missed that at South by Southwest this year. Yeah. And then I was even more bummed when it came out, and for whatever reason, I didn't have time to go to a screening, and I finally circled back. And 
I think that's one of the best comedies of the year. It was hilarious. I was totally I sold it. by the chemistry between the two of them. There were parts where I was laughing out loud, which normally I'm like the silent chuckle type person. So I was all for that movie. I'm going to pull a Tarantino here and say I reject your question. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I see things. When I see things is when I see things. That's the appropriate time for them. I have no regrets. I'm going to say right. I'm going to say that in a couple of weeks, Jeff Snyder regrets not having seen Downton Abbey. And then you could tell, <laughs> then you could tell him that Perry told him so. Yep. All right. Next question from Steve Calderon. He wants to know, should Blumhouse make a direct sequel to the original Nightmare on Elm Street with Robert Englund reprising his role? No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only a matter of time before we get another Nightmare on Elm Street. Inside of the 13th. I, I don't I don't need that from Blumhouse. For, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, like, I could see them doing J- Jason. I, I would not want. Freddy. Uh, yeah, not Freddy. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think Freddy requires a certain kind of. I don't know. Je ne sais quoi. It's just it's a different kind of artistry than I think the Blumhouse movies typically have. Actually, Fede Alvarez directing A Nightmare on Elm Street, especially when you consider what he did with some of the set pieces in Evil Dead and how Evil Dead just it does have that really brutal but almost somewhat playful vibe. Maybe he'd be a good person to direct that. That I'm totally with you on that because the Evil Dead remake, there's like kind of like a fever dream going on with that that could transfer over to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I would want I would want um, Blumhouse to do Friday the Thirteenth, but it's like to, I don't want to see a Friday the Thirteenth where like, all right, we're going to go direct sequel from the first one. Mom's already been decapitated, and we pick up, and it's like, no, no, we we had that with Friday the Thirteenth Part mm-hmm. Two. So it's I feel like they're going to reboot this thing sooner or later. I don't know how. I really don't. I think you need to go back to the basics with Friday the Thirteenth. It's a ghost story that they tell around the campfire. Mm-hmm. Just go there. Please don't tell me about his parents. Don't show me his parents anymore. Don't make his dad also a bad guy, which they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah, I'm with you, Snyder. I, I feel like it's we don't need a direct sequel because then we would we would get rid of Dream Warriors, which is one of the best in the series. I love Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. So I would just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do you not like part three? I, I just like watching you geek out on these oh, things. Oh, yeah, I mean, man. I watched all those Nightmare sequels when I was like a nine-year-old kid. I haven't seen them since then in ages. Um, There's the, the best are the original part three and new Nightmare. It's well worth revisiting. I, I can't imagine sitting there watching Freddy sequels again. I've seen them all. They have uh, yeah, so amazing, amazing, much rather- set, uh, amazing set pieces. I'd like to see Elm Street. Uh, for, I, I, I done, I'm done with Robert Englund. Okay. Uh, he, he's, yeah, you got to move on from him. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. And I'm wondering, do we even need to, like, reboot it? I mean, I know it would be like, you know, cast another uh, Nancy, cast another Freddy, all these things. I feel like you can... The concept could work if you just meet some new person yeah. having dreams and learning about, wait a minute, what is this? And maybe tying it somehow to the Elm Street but, uh, mythology. I hope but. if they do that, they do it with some sort of finesse. And it's not about like a new group of kids who hear about Freddy and they're scrolling through like a computer article about him. Right. You know, That's that what I don't. Tactic. Yeah, I don't want to see that. either. I like the idea that Freddy was framed and that he wasn't really like a child molester. And, you know, he was, he was an innocent guy who the parent, you know, like the, the angry mob, the outrage mob came and got him. And, and now he's back for revenge. I do. That's like, a great twist. I would actually. like to see a female filmmaker actually t- tackle Freddy. I think that there's something about dreams uh, that uh, I don't know. There's just like a sort of sort of feminine quality Gosh, to it, dude. Um, I'm with you. What about yeah. Jennifer Kent? She, it's that's somebody who'd be really interesting. Wow. To me. Yeah, Jennifer Kent would be fantastic. I for like a Nightmare how we're Elm marrying Street. great filmmakers with interesting horror ideas yeah. today. Yeah. All right, I'm going to squeeze in one more question because if you like hearing Riley geek out, I have a feeling you're going to like this one. Yes, give it to me. All right. Riley Jack says, with Joker getting a solo film, could other franchises do the same thing with some of their villains? I personally would love a General Grievous solo film from Star Wars. <laughs> hey, Snyder, like, what do you I, think of Star Wars? I like that quite a bit. Do you want a Star Wars with me? Let's talk Star it's, it's, Wars. It's a day that ends in Y. We got to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, we've been talking about a lot of this on Rula 2. I mean, what do you, like a General Grievous movie? I mean, is Lucasfilm going to finally go around, or Disney going to finally go back to 
these spinoff movies, these stories, these Star Wars stories, or are we talking because it seems like they're handing out the streaming series over there at Lucasfilm. It's like, you get one, you get one, at least the rumors are saying. But if I, if I, if I had my druthers, it would be a Luke Skywalker film set after Return of the Jedi where he tries to rebuild the Jedi Order and something happens with, uh, you know, introducing Snoke and the fall of Ben Solo. That's mm-hmm. what I would want to see. Because we, and I, I'm with a lot of people, even though I love The Last Jedi, I wanted more Luke Skywalker and I wanted to see him at the height of his powers and what it's like to balance that out. So focusing on Luke Skywalker for a movie, rebuilding the Jedi Order after Return of the Jedi. I love how you That's like, what I want. turn this around to as far away from villainous territory as we could get. Oh, do we want villain? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they want to know what villain. I I don't necessarily... So I love this idea of a General Grievous movie, especially if you go super dark and gritty like Joker, but I don't think Disney will ever go as far, and I think if you're not going to go that far, you shouldn't do it at all. So instead, if we're going to like Disney-fy the idea, maybe even just the, the perspective of someone Someone who is a TIE fighter pilot and they're caught in like the grand scheme of things and they're risking their life, you know, a little bit of like a Lost Stars-ish vibe to it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would want to see a Vader film set right after Revenge of the Sith where he actually hunts down the remaining Jedi. And Disney did give us some brutal Vader stuff in Rogue One. So they tested the waters. It seemed to be uh, crowd pleasing. I would be definitely open to that. How you feel, Jeff? You okay? What about you? I didn't know you loved to take this Star question. Wars. Um, I'd like to see a oh, no. a Warner Media streaming series set in the world of the agents of the Matrix. But but we have to be in Star Wars, or is like no no no, no. you no. can pick any it's, franchise you want. Yeah, so this, any, this is fair game. Yeah, uh, I'm I like say that. A movie about Agent Smith and the whole agent program huh. and that whole goddamn deal. Streaming series Warner Media. I like that. All right. All I'm right. sold. I'm Boom. sold. Happy to end on that. No, we, we've pitched so many wonderful projects on today's show. I really feel great about it. Shit. Jeff Riley, thank you guys so much for spending your Friday morning here. Adam in the booth. You rock. Thank you so much for your hard work this week. Yeah, and same Adam. to you, Dorian, in the live chat. And thanks to everybody out there for joining us for this first week of the new edition of Movie Talk. I hope you enjoyed. We're listening to your comments. The show will continue to evolve. We are going to make it the best it could possibly be for you guys. Please don't leave without liking and sharing this episode. And tune in Monday. Monday morning, 9 a.m. Pacific for a brand new one. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.